So get your Bibles and open them up to Mark chapter 16. I'm on a mission. I am on a mission. I, I, am, I am going to start a revolution. No, Tanya, a good one. Not, not, not like Cuba or something like that, you know. But I want to start a revolution. I, I want to start. We're going to start it right here in this church. And it's going to begin with prayer. We're, we're, we are going to, to pray in people who needs Jesus. We're going to pray them in. And I want to talk to you tonight about that because in order for me to, 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 to get you to pray, I've got to show you why. And we've got to, we've got to unlearn a few things if we're going to learn a few things. And so in order to do that, I already prayed Mark 16. I want you to read with me in verse 14. Later he appeared at 11 as they sat at table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he that does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. They'll drink any deadly thing and shall by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, contrary to many churches, that has not changed. You cannot change the Bible for your culture. The Bible is not a West, is not a, are we in the East or the West? It's not a Western book. The Bible is not an American book. It wasn't written by Americans for Americans. It was written by people in the East for the world. It was written by God for the world. You, you and I are not allowed to go along and change it just because we have certain areas we don't think we like very much. The gospel that's being preached today, this is it, and it's not wrong, it's not right. Come to Jesus, go to heaven. That is not why you come to Jesus, so you can go to heaven. And because of that, we have produced... Christians, that that's exactly what we got. People who are just living their life any way they want to so they can go to heaven when they die. Well, I got a little news for you. If you go in the rapture, you're not going to be there long. Thank you. You're, the millennial reign's here, and you'll be here. And after the millennial reign, the new heavens and the earth to come in here. God made earth for you, and you'll be here for eternity, and you're not going to be in heaven. And, and we, have all these, we have all this goofy doctrine, like God is making a mansion for you. There's nothing in the Bible about a mansion. Thank God there are mansions. But he didn't die to give you real estate in heaven. The, the Scripture says in John 14, 6, I'm going to go make a place for you in God. And if I go, I'm going to come back. And he did. He rose from the dead. We've taken Scriptures and, and twisted them so that would, we can make an American book. And it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And because of that, we got a lot of people that are not saved. They're not going to heaven. They don't know Jesus around us right now. Way too many. I think in America, it's like 80%. The rest of the world is like 90 are not even Christian. And the ones that are in America, about 80% of them don't even go to church. And so we have, we have a real problem going on here that can be solved. 
and I'm going to show you how to solve it. Now, the first thing you have to learn right now is this one thing. If you have relatives not saved, it is your responsibility to pray for them because they will go to hell. God is not going to sovereignly fix your family because you show up at church and occasionally say you need Jesus. Hell is a real hot, real long. Hell is only the county jail. That's a holding tank. You know, do y'all know what hell is? Hell, your, your spirit man weighs, what, two or three ounces. I don't know what it weighs. Weighs something. When you die without God, you, you, gravity pulls you to the center of the earth. That's, that's, all, that's all that's happening. You're going into Sheol. That's not the lake of fire. That's not even the, that's not even the, the penitentiary yet. Wow. And yet, we have people going around us all the time, and I think the church is way too lax about it. So, we're just waiting on the Lord. Well, if we're waiting on Him, and He is sovereignly picking who He wants to, He has sovereignly got the whole earth in a mess. But he, he's, he's not going to win the world. You are. And he's not, he's, it's, and thank God for Benny Hinn and, and thank God for Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Mark Hankins and people we support. But Mark Hankins didn't go into work with you every day and, and he's not reaching your children and your grandchildren. So I'm going to make a statement to you and, I, and I, it's going to make you a little uncomfortable. It's okay. Your kid's not in church. They're in, a, they're in a heck of a dang big trouble. And you are the only one that's going to get in there and turn that around. It's because they prayed a prayer. You get over that one. If you've got family members you know are not saved, it's a big issue. If they're not reading their Bible and walking with God, they're bound up by the devil. And God is waiting on his church, which would be you, to do something about it. So I'm giving you an assignment. And you're either going to get in the will of God or you're going to stay out of it. And if you're going to stay out of it, you're going to create hell in your own life. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your education is. I don't care all that. All that means nothing if you're not in the middle of the will of God. So Jesus said these words. He said, go in all the world. He is not talking about you going to Africa and India. He's talking about you going into your world and preach Jesus. Now, the problem that we have all had is that we have done that, haven't we? They didn't listen. Well, we're going to fix that tonight. That's going to come to an end. I'm going to show you something I got. I, I got it several years ago. It's a, it's a prayer journal. I, I, I used it some. I dug it back out. I have since written the names of all of my family members in there and their children and their grandchildren, and they are in trouble. Because I'm praying over them daily. I won't put up with any of my kids or my grandkids not being in heaven. And it might be up to me. It might be up to you. But you're going to do it. Okay. Now, let me read, let me read a statement. Um, first of all, I wrote down here, are we waiting on God? We're not. The church is kind of sitting around just kind of like, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. 
Well, you're backing up because he, he, he's waiting on you. Christ is not. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quote. Um, wow. Wow, I'm going to give you a quote. I've said it before. Some of you know the answer. But we always have people in here because you went to the first church and they didn't tell you anything. They didn't teach you anything. You came in here and you're going to be going, glory to God. I mean, you're going to walk out with an education. Everywhere I've ever been, and I've, and I've been places like I, I got to preach at the Republican prayer breakfast. I showed up. They didn't have food. I went, you know, this is, tight. This is cheap. Even the Democrats have food. I mean, my God. Okay. <laughs> And they wanted me to be a guest speaker, and they told me I had like 15, 20 minutes. And, and you know, when you go down there, you, I want to make sure that whatever I'm going to say is not just some loosey-goosey bunch of junk. They go to church. They, they've heard about prayer. But, but, but their, prayers aren't, their prayers aren't working, and we need to fix it. They need, your prayers need to work. Yes, if they're not working, forget it. Quit, it. quit doing it. That's why some of y'all quit. So I got up and I said, let me ask you a question. Can God do anything? Everybody in the room said yes, everybody. Everywhere I've ever been on this earth and I've asked that question, I've gotten 100% of people said yes, and 100% of you are wrong. It is the reason the church is in the mess it's in. Can God do anything? The answer is no. He can't. So when I say that, every time I make that statement, I have a group of people in the room. I get their attention because at least now they're wanting to hear. <laughs> Buddy, you've offended me and my religion, so fire your best shot. And I go, okay, I can give you three. I'm going to give you four tonight. I've added one to it. Titus 1-2, God cannot lie. Now, when I say that, everybody goes, oh, yeah, we knew that. And I go, well, apparently you didn't act like you knew it. He can't lie. It is, he's incapable of doing that. That means if you want someone to lie to you, it won't be God. Okay, so that's a cannot word. That's not a word we hook with God. Cannot, but there are things the sovereign God, that's God with 27 zeros in the middle. God can't do. He can't lie. Number two, he can't die. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He can't die. He is. So, so we've already got two can'ts. You're going, well, I know I'm going to get you on the third one, and you're, I'm, I'm definitely not going to agree with this one. He can't violate his own word. Now, I'm going to prove that to you. Let's pretend that Zach... Walked in here tonight, he's just a heathen from hell. We just pretend like it, just for a few minutes. And I give an altar call, and I say, anybody want to get born again? And Zach raises his hand, and God says to me, tell him to come back tomorrow night. I'm God. He, I will not save anyone on Wednesday night. Not now. I, I'm, I will tell him no. Can God do that? No, he can't. So most of the stuff you're praying about, you're asking him to do something he can't do. He's not overriding his own Bible to override your unbelief. 
He can't violate his own scriptures. If you're not coming according to scripture, he is unable. So you have family that are going to hell because God is unable to help you. All right, we got one more. I got one more. I've added to it. Mark 6. Let me read the last one to you so you'll know. I want you to see it in your Bible because you're going to walk out of here tonight and tell your relatives and they're, and they're going to... They're not going to invite you back to Thanksgiving. I'm just going to tell you right. Psalm 138.2. Put that on the screen. Psalm 138.2. Put it on the screen. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name and your loving kindness, and your, for you have magnified your word above your name. The word, the Bible in your lap is more sovereign than God. It is God. But the Bible is sovereign. You, you can't, even God can't break his own covenant. Once he told you that Jesus is the way, he can't say, he can't go to Jeannie and go, I know you prayed that prayer, but I I don't like you. Go to hell. Aren't you glad he can't? Aren't you glad he can't even break his own blood covenant? Aren't you glad he's got to honor the blood of Jesus? Aren't you glad that that's what he said? And that's what we're, we're baking on what he said. If what he said is no good, then what, then what are you doing in church? We have to bank on what he said. And he had better been telling the truth. All right, the last one, last one here. Mark 6, 1, 1 through 6. This, this, this is a hair lip, this is going to mess the people up. He went from there and he came to his own country and disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in synagogues. Many hearing were astonished. He said, where does man get all these things? And what wisdom this and who gave him that he performed it works by his hands? Now stop for a minute. He's in his own church. You know, there's something about preaching in your own church. I don't, know, I don't mean to be ugly with you, but I can go anywhere in America and have a revival but here. Hey, Daryl. I've been in Russia before and had 500 people instantly speaking tongues. Power of God hit so hard, the wind blew and almost knocked everybody off the seat. I come home and I go, are y'all going, <laughs> That's why I kept running back and forth to Russia all the time. When the synagogue hit, well, I said that. Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't that Lisa's husband? Son of Mary, brother James, you know, we know him, we know him. He said, so they were offended at him. And he said, a prophet is not without honor, except his own country, his own relative, his own house. And he couldn't. Couldn't. Your unbelief stopped God. It stops him now. You can hinder God. Now, I'm going to prove that to you. Is it the will of God that everybody go to heaven? Are there people going to hell? There are people who your will is overriding his. You never thought, I can buck God. Yeah, you can. And get your will. So wait a minute. If that's true, and it is true, is there anything we can do about it? You bet there is. You bet there is. Now, can a person come to Jesus if no one is praying for them? Most likely not. 
Didn't Jesus say, no man can come to God but but Father draw him? Why does God draw? If you're not praying, your family isn't even thinking about him. They have no ability to become uncaptured on their own. That's heavy. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he came among sinners and set the captives free. And they were blessed because he went to them. And then he turned and said to you and I, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Now, the problem with Mark 16 is that we read it going to all the world. We really think he's talking about India, Africa, Russia, maybe Ukraine right now. He isn't. He's literally talking to everybody in the body of Christ, and you have a world. You have a world. And I've had people come to me and say, I need a new job. I hate my job. All of my people at my work are heathen. And I go, no, you stay there. In Jesus' name, don't you dare quit. And God, don't you let them quit. Now, don't worry about the fact they're all heathen. They're heathen because you're there. And if you don't want them to be heathen anymore, turn them into Christians. That's your job. Now, I'm going to tell a story. And, I, you know, I, a, a man came to me in my office, and, and he, he wanted to go in the ministry in the military. He really wanted to leave his wife. And his kids. And he says, I believe I'm called to the army. I said, well, let me ask you a question. What are you going to do there? He says, well, I'm going to, to minister the word in the army. I said, are you ministering anywhere now? I said, he said, no. I said, have you ever led anybody to the Lord yet? He goes, no. I said, you're not called. Sit down and shut up and don't you dare to leave your, your wife and your children. You lazy thing. What? what when, why, why do we think that ministry is when we go and you can't do ministry where you are? People around you are going to hell and you're wanting to help Retro. And then you're on the TV wanting to help the dog. Send money to the dog. The dog is cold and freezing. Your next door neighbor hadn't eaten in a month and you were taking care of the dog. People are crazy. <laughs> I'm not against dogs. Take them to heaven with you if you want to. Was... All right, never mind. <laughs> so I'm going to tell my story again because I have found out from Mark Hankins that you need to hear it 2,700 times. And it doesn't hurt you. But the story is very, very, very appropriate. Because it's when the, when the Lord shows up and starts talking to me, he's not jabbering. He's, he's showing me something on purpose that I need to know from that day on. Even though at that time, I'm, not, I'm unaware of that. But, I, but the story is when I, when I was in Tulsa, and you know I went to Ramah. And I went to Ramah because God told me to go to Bible school to go in ministry. Now, at the end of two years, all of my friends are leaving and going home, but I don't have a home church. I don't have home to go to. When I left Athens, there wasn't anything in Athens for me to go back to. And the pastor I had warned me about Brother Hagin, so I know that's not it. 
He said, he'll mess you up. I said, he's already done that. <laughs> so I knew I wasn't going back there, and so I went and did what everybody who's got a call of God on their life on Sunday. And I prayed, God, where do you want me to go? I thought that was a really good prayer. And I'm in an apartment, I'm going off every day, I'm, I'm eating my lunch, and I'm going off, and I'm walking around praying in the Holy Ghost like they taught us in Bible school, shandai, shandai, tie my bow tie, praying in the Spirit, because we don't know how to pray as we ought to, and the Holy Spirit will help us. And I'm going, Heavenly Father, I'm here seeking your face. You said, draw near to God, I'll draw near to you. And you said, seek and you shall find, and I need to know where you want me to go. And you know the story, he said, your boss is not saved. Now, I got to back up and explain this to you. My boss's name is Jan. Jan was adopted by Italians. And the way she learned to communicate was screaming. And that's the, she was my boss. And anytime she had something for me to do, it was, it, there was no Daryl. I thought, lady, you're off the chart. So when God tells me that she's not saved, I went, yeah. We all, we both know that. And, and you know, there are people in our life that we kind of think they can't be saved. I mean, they're bad. I mean, there's people that you go, you know. And, and so he said, your boss is not saved. And I said, okay. What does that have to do with the price in tea in China? I'm in here talking to you about ministry, real ministry, like go to, get a pulpit, get a suit, get a tie, never mind. And he wants to talk to me about my boss. He said, until she gets saved, don't talk to me. And I said, that is so totally unfair. Until that Italian hot-headed woman gets born again, I'm stuck in Tulsa at the end of two years of Bible school, unfair fighting. But he didn't, I don't know whether you've ever had encounters with God. He doesn't argue with anybody. He has this way of just stop talking and he doesn't say nothing. So every day I go off and I'm in my apartment. We're not praying about ministry now, we're praying for Jan. Heavenly Father, and I'm starting to pray. Well, we're going to talk about how to pray. Praying for God to open up her, the eyes of her heart and, you know, and, and I'd bound the devil off. We're going to talk about all those things. After about oh, a week, I was in the apartment praying for Jan's soul. Asked me to get her to church. It was right out of the blue. Asked me to get her to church. And I went, my first thought was, we'll just get her to church. Why are you asking me to ask you? You already know what you want to do. See, that's that religion. That was when I found out. Listen to what John Wesley says. It seems as though God can do nothing but someone asking. Why that is, I do not know. God is unable to move in your family's life and get them to heaven if you do not pray for them. Unable. And it won't happen. And their blood's on you. That's a little strong. I think, it's, I think it's time for the church to wake up. I think it's time for us to get church to say woke. 
I'm not sure how that would go in the world today. That might be misunderstood. <laughs> y'all are awfully quiet. See how y'all get quiet with me. And I... So anyway, I walk into my office and Janie goes, where do you go to church? And I went, I looked at God and I said, that's fast. If everything that we prayed about, you did it that fast, you and I have a real good relationship. <laughs> he already knows what you're thinking. You might as well just tell him. So she looks at me and says, where do you go to church? At that time, I went to a Grace Fellowship in, in, in Tulsa. And so the next Sunday, her and her husband, Scott, went to church. Well, I'm sitting there, and Bobby Andy is preaching the gospel, and he gives an altar call, and Jan don't move. She's just, and she gets up and goes home, and I go, another week in the West. I went back and I spent another week praying for her. Third week, I didn't even go to church. I did go to church. I did go to church. I have a prayer room. I came in the front door and went straight to the prayer room. I'm going to pray in the Spirit for her the whole service. She walked forward and got born again that day. Oh, my God, you have no idea. I'm free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. I can leave Oklahoma now. Now, y'all have no idea how, th how that played on my soul. And then when I got to work, Jan came up and said, well, did you see? I went up. I got born again. And, and I walked in. I said, okay, Father, where? And he goes, her husband isn't saved. I said, I, I, I know where you're. I got you. I'm not waiting on my pastor now. I, I'm not. I don't have three weeks for Tulsa. I, I want out of here. I grabbed a Bible, and I ran to Scott, and I said, Scott, have you ever considered getting born again and giving your heart to Jesus? This is really when I first began to just confront people. You say, I didn't know how. I didn't know how either, but I got to get out of this town. He said, I have been thinking about that, and I opened up to John three sixteen, Romans 10, 9, 10, led Scott to the Lord. They said, we want you to come to dinner. That night they took me to dinner at their home and fed me dinner. And they brought a friend of theirs who's a used car salesman for an Oldsmobile dealership. And, he, and I led him the Lord at the dinner table. And now I'm getting people saved. I mean, I'm just, now I'm getting people born again around me. And, I, and at work I began to pray for the people and people started getting saved. And the Lord spoke to me and says, I want you to go to Orlando. And I said, what was this deal? He said, Ministry is not a place. Ministry is people. And ministry will always be people. You're not waiting on me for a pulpit. You have centers around you. And he said he, he had to grab my head and shake that out of me lest I get in a pulpit and still not care about people, which could happen. And it does. So I get here, I'm, I work with the youth. Many of the youth in Tom's church got born again. Many of them. Melanie was in the youth and, and a, lot of other, a lot of other kids. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, they born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, on fire for God. And I mean, I, I did a good job with them. I did a, I mean, we had a great, but I prayed, I, and, and the Lord told me this, them to pray. I, I could, they were as carnal as they could be. I couldn't do a thing with them. I couldn't get them out of their carnal teenager Billy, Billy Bob Boopy Bob stuff. I couldn't get them out of it, no matter how much I preached. But the minute I made them sit and pray in the Spirit, 
and they got in the spirit, they got to the place where they didn't care anything about boobop, boobop. They wanted God. They started having tongues and interpretation and prophesying and, and, and praying for each other and sharing Jesus. And once they got into God, they, oh, wow. And then the Lord said, I have another place for you. He also said this to me. So one day I'm at work. I worked at Tiffany Square in, um, where was it? Where was that, Lisa? Um, what was that apartment complex? What's that little area there called? Fern Park. I, I lived in Fern Park. And I, I worked at an apartment complex that was about 50% empty. Rundown place. And you know how it is when the parking lot is, um, hadn't been paved in a while, it, it turns to pea gravel? And I'm standing there with a clipboard in my hand, and I hear someone walking up to me behind me. And I, didn't, I just heard footsteps like, and I'm standing there, and, I'm, and I finally I'm looking around to see who's coming up. And there's not a soul there. So I kind of looked right over here, and there's not a soul here. And I'm going, pretty sure I heard somebody walk up. All of a sudden, someone grabbed me and, and pulled me up. You know, like my shoulders went like. And it was the Lord. He, he put his arm around me. He pulled me up, and he said, son. And he was talking to me about the youth group. He said, I sent you here because I have a problem. I, it, I wouldn't send you anywhere if there wasn't trouble. And I'm going to say that to you. One of the reasons you're where you are is that he needs you there. You're the answer. You may not believe you are, but you are the answer. He says, when I'm done here, I have another place that I have a trouble. And he sent me to Word of Life. It was a mess. He's always sent me to messes. Now that it's straightened out, I'm not sure where I'm going anyway. Now y'all are doing good. You should say amen. amen. So anyway, I learned something right then about, about people so that when I came here and I worked with Tom, I, I, um, I became a block mason, but that didn't change me. Every day at work, the guys have lunch and they sit around and they talk about everything. It, it, it took a while for me to learn to talk to you unlike them. I found out I can't say things here. I found out horny's not a Christian word. <laughs> I used it one Sunday morning and all the old women fell out and I thought God had come in. <laughs> and I went, I don't think that's a Christian word. <laughs> But anyway, about, I can't tell you, three or four or five of the, of the men I worked with over a couple of years, they all got born again. Omar Walker ended up pastoring his own church, him and his wife, uh, Deborah, Deborah Walker. Um, he died at 50, um, had a heart attack, and I did his funeral. But, um, you know, Bird, TJ, Twig, all the guys I worked with, that's, are y'all out there? You, that's this is people. And every one of them, and they don't like me. And they, it was, it was hard to work with those men. I'm the only white guy on the crew, and they, they thought that was fun. They would throw mud on me. They did everything. I mean, I heard all kinds of racial jokes. I've been offended out, out you know. And I still got half of them born again. <laughs> 
because that's I, I, I learned right then to do what I do. Now, right now, right now in America, I want to talk about you right now. I want to talk about let's start a revolution because we aren't waiting. Uh, we have churches, people right now, you're, you're here waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on, waiting, wait, stop. Become a revival. You, in other words, I want you to go to God tonight and say, I'm tired of waiting on you. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm, I'm going to go. You'd be surprised at what he would do if you would begin. Is that, do you understand that? In other words, if you can't lead someone, one person to the Lord, what makes you think God's going to give you a hundred? Five hundred, a thousand. Where, where did you get that idea? It, uh, like the boy in my office, I said, son, listen to me. If you're not crowing, you aren't a rooster. Romans 1. Go to Romans 1. See, y'all went quiet on me. See, you don't realize this, but you put up barriers. Did y'all know that? You know that you have spiritual walls y'all put up. Did you know that there's times I'm preaching and y'all go, don't say anything else that bothers me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about everybody. It's just, you just, they they come, tear them down. Tear them down. God is talking to you. God is talking to you. He's wanting fruit. And he is challenging you to bear it. And he's going to teach you right now how to do it. You got family? You got friends? I want you to say this. They are coming in. They are coming in. And I'm going to pray them in. Now, one of the things that God taught me, if Jan Henderson can get saved, anybody can get saved. Because he gave me the toughest nut and said, crack it. And I went, it would take God. Romans 1. 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, the just live by faith. Verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it to them. They already know there is a God and they already know right from wrong. And that is the reason why they don't want to hear you bring it up. But you're going to. In order to get someone born again, they have to have light. Now, here's one thing. You're, lesson number one, light is stronger than darkness. You don't have to prove truth. It'll do its own work. You hear me make this statement. You ought to write it in your Bible. The light in the kitchen did not create the roach. Flip the kitchen and roaches run. You being there, you sharing Jesus is not the problem. The problem was there. It's the dirty, filthy kitchen. 
And we live in a society of dirty people who say, uh, you know, I tried to talk to my family, but, you know, uh, they <laughs> you're going to talk to them. You are going to shed light on their roaches. Now, I'm going to tell you where that started, where I learned that. I was preaching in Port Lucaya. Port Lucaya is in Nassau, Bahamas. I was outside. I was out by the yachts. And I don't know whether you million-dollar yacht, million-dollar yacht, $50 million yacht, all the yacht, everybody around me is yachts. And Ray Boy was doing pantomimes out there with the youth. And then he stood up and said, you need to preach the gospel when I get through. Well, they're, they're doing pantomime. They hadn't said nothing. And I already know what they're going to do whenever I stand up and open up a Bible. They're going to go in. I, can't, I don't want to preach to a bunch of people that left. That's why I started preaching in the city jail. I wanted people to stay. <laughs> so I said, Lord, you know they're going to leave. You know they're going to get up and leave. I got to, what am I going to do? He said, tell them about the roaches. I said, what roaches? And then he told me the story. He said, you know, the, the light don't, you know. So I stood up and I acted like I was a comedy act. I said, how many of y'all out there in all y'all's boats? Know that the minute you come walking in your kitchen in the morning and you turn the light on, all the roaches leave. And all the people on the yachts are drinking martinis said, yes, amen, yes, amen. I said, that's what happens anytime somebody picks up a Bible and says, Jesus, the roaches get up and leave. And every one of them went, I ain't leaving. I ain't nobody going to call me no roach. And so I got, to, <laughs> I got to preach the gospel to these guys because I already knew they needed to hear truth. You need, you need to ask God, open up a door for me to share the word of God with my family. I need an open door. I need you to open up so I need to be able to talk and give them some scripture and listen to me. You, don't, you're, you may not get 20 minutes. You may not get two. But listen, one light bulb, one light bulb. You can say something to someone, and when they leave, they, they think about it for a month because you went boom in their headlights. Those are the kind of things you need to learn. You need to get skilled in this, good at it. If you want to. Now, let me make another statement to y'all. And, 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 and you're going to, I know you're going to go get, I know you're going to get quiet. I know you're going to get, God help me to handle when they get quiet. I'm in St. Thomas and I'm on the beach and I'm watching all the people on the beach and, and, and Lisa and I are snorkeling and, and I mean a beautiful island and there's just people everywhere and I'm, and I'm feeling guilty because everybody around me is going to hell. And I went, God, now I'm going to hell. I said, anything I want to do, is anything you want me to do while I'm here? You know? He said, nope, they're not asking. Now, I'm going to tell you, everything you don't know, because you didn't ask him, it's, it's on you. If you're ignorant, it was a choice you made. God has showed you everything you've ever desired to know. And if you don't know it, don't go, well, I don't know how to do that. Don't tell me that because all you told me is that you, you haven't even talked to God about it. You need to go to God and go, teach me to at least be a Christian. If I don't know how to share my faith, I mean, am I actually born again? I'm not talking about if you know about John. I'm not talking about if you go a turn or burn two minutes. Do you know Jesus? Are you going to heaven or hell? Knock on the door. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you skillfully 
sitting with a person who's lost and getting them saved. Can you explain the word? Okay. So the gospel is the power of God. And you don't say, well, I'm not anointed. You don't have to. The gospel is powerful enough. A monkey could share it and it would work. I'm going to tell you another story. John Wesley, how many Methodists we got in here? Methodist, old-time Methodist. Betty May used to be a Methodist. Did you know John Wesley didn't get born again until he was in his 50s? Did you all know that? Did you know he'd been in ministry since he was a boy? Did you know that he had been out preaching the gospel? And did you know that he was earning his salvation through works? And yet he never was able to connect with God no matter how much he put his flesh under and suffered. And he got a hold of some Moravians on a boat going to Georgia, and they weren't afraid to die, and it scared him because a thunderstorm came up, and he thought he was going to die. So he went to Germany after that to hang around a bunch of Lutherans, and uh, they, taught, they showed him that salvation is by grace. He said, I don't believe it. They, he said, but I know it's true. So he went to the slums, and he led a drunk to the Lord. He thought, well, at least I'm going to see if this works. He's not even born again. And he's leading people to the Lord, and they're getting saved. Then come, come over here and preach. I'm not even coming back over there tonight. I don't know what to do with that crowd. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. And so he went back to the Moravians, and he said, I don't believe it yet. They said, preach it till you do. When he finally got a hold of salvation is by grace, he came to America and wham, started a revival from one end of this country to another, preaching the gospel. But he was years before he ever even knew the Lord himself. He was preaching it unsaved. Listen to me. The gospel will work even if you don't even believe it. Preach it. (laughs) I hope that helps somebody. Yeah, it does. Okay. I'm having a better time than, and I knew y'all would get a little bit. You didn't get totally quiet, but you just looked at me. Go to John 6.44. Go to John 6.44. Let's look at number one, not number one. No, that's actually number two. No one comes to me, but the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. The only way a person can understand truth is for the Holy Spirit to come on them. This, if, it, if someone didn't pray you in, you wouldn't have made it. If my mother hadn't prayed me in, I would never have come out. I, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't looking for God, Kenny. I wasn't looking for God. I already knew I was going to hell, and I avoided Christians and church. I avoided, I avoided. You, you said, Jesus, I ran. I want to go to church? My mother tricked me. I was going to penny beer night that night. I had pennies. The reason I had pennies is because I played poker, and the reason I wanted poker is I was crooked. Don't ask me what I did because you don't want to know. You don't want to know how to play poker crooked. You want to learn how to play poker right. You really don't want to play poker at all. Okay, now listen to me. But I had a, belt, I had a big jar full of pennies, and I was going to penny beer night, and my mother was a one-way ticket to penny beer night, and I got born again on the way to hell. Because she drugged me in that crusade. Listen to the quartet. That's the reason why I wrote in that book because, I, you know, I was sitting there going. 
My mother's praying, the lady beside me's praying, and they're interceding, they're groaning in the Holy Ghost, get him, God, get him, God, get him, God. And what did God do? He gitted me. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, my mother went one down and three to go. Next, she prayed Robin in, we prayed Nancy in, and right now, my oldest brother's in my journal. And his wife, kids, and, ki- and they're in there, baby. He's coming in. All right, now li- listen, listen. Jan wouldn't, would not have made it. I'm, I, I'm saying that your family needs God, God on them, God on them. You say, well, well I prayed for them. I know. And they went, no. And then you got to pray, get on them again, get on them again. Don't turn them loose, God, until they, hey, God would meet me in the woods and talk to me about heaven and hell, and I'd go, ah, and I'd run home. God chased me, and my mother would leave Athens and drive to Doraville, and her and, her and uh, um, what's her name, um, Virginia Galloway, they'd, and I got to tell you all this. Virginia had a son and mom had a son. They both had a heathen. They both had a heathen. I got saved first, and Virginia got mad at mom. How come your son got saved first? I'm the one that taught you how to pray. I said, well, your son might be more heathen than me. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's because I was, I, I was more heathen than him. I, I, I knew I needed it. Okay. But you understand, I never, I never gave God thought that he would come on me at night, and I'd be going, hell. Hell, hell, and then I'd pray. Now I lay me down and sleep. Pray the Lord, my soul to keep. If I die before awake, pray the Lord. I didn't get saved, but I all I knew, get God, get off. What? Ah. My mother gave me a book, and then she prayed I'd read it, and she'd pray I'd understand it. She, she'd pray, and she prayed until she got me in, and then she continued to pray. At some point, you're going to learn to do your own praying. So, number one, number one, I, I want you to do something. Tonight, I came in here for this one reason. Get a journal. Tonight, in Jesus' name, get a journal, and I want you to put family in it, and I want you to, I want you to go to God tonight and say, after tonight, I'm responsible for what I just heard. I'm responsible for this. And I want you to put their name in, and number one, take that scripture right there, put it back up on there, John 4, whatever it was, put it back up on there. That there, and I want you to say this to God. I know that Joe can't come in unless you draw him. So number one, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to draw old Joe to Jesus and open up the eyes of his understanding and give him a revelation of who Jesus is, of heaven and hell and his condition and what's going to happen to him and that he needs the Lord. Take his name. Go to God with him. Are y'all out there? Now, you know, I just, I, I, 644. Listen, listen, this is muy importante. Muy, muy. More than coffee con leche. All right, no, number two. Not always, this one. Yeah. Luke 10, 2. Luke 10, 2. Write it down. Write this down. Write this down. I'm, tr- I'm teaching you. If you don't, God, if they don't listen to me tonight, 
I pray they get a leg cramp all night long. Don't, go, don't even fall asleep. Don't let them sleep tonight at all. I mean, let them wrestle in the bed with them. All right. The harvest is great, and the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest, though. All right, now hold on a minute. You know as well as I know that not everybody in your family is going to listen to you. Because you go, well, I've already tried, and they don't nothing, nothing to do with me. Listen, if they're not hungry, they're not, you're talking to them, and they don't want to know. That was number one. Number two, ask God to send somebody across their path that they will listen to, and you stay on it until you say, well, Joe went, Sue went by and saw Joe. Well, we'll pray Harry by now. Every, everybody I have ever led to the Lord one-on-one, I have purposely asked them, who in your family is a born-again Christian? Who is praying for you? Because you would not have had an audience with me had not someone been praying. And every one of them told me who it was. When I was a resident manager in Athens, Georgia, apartment complex, there were people there that turned in their rent. I've never seen their face. They live there. I've never seen them go in. I've never seen them come out. I've never seen them drop a rent check in, in my door. But, but there were people in the apartments. I ran into them at Walmart. I ran into them in Winn-Dixie and Kroger's. And I ran into them everywhere that I went. And then they came to my house to drop off the rent check while I was walking out. And I, and I, had, I had exchanges with these people on a constant basis. I'm bumping in. I'm bumping in. I'm bumping into them. They would come into my house and say, I need to pay my rent and, and I can't find my ink pen. Yeah, God hit it. I need to borrow an ink pen. I need to fill out my rent check. Well, sit down right there. Well, it's peaceful in here. Yeah, it is. What would you do? I said, well, it's Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. I got a sister this morning, and she believed in Jesus. I said, well, you did too. And you just, listen, every question, everything anybody says is an opening to the gospel. And I'm going to give you one, and I, I, I don't get offended. Someone walks up to you and says, what the hell? You go, oh, you're religious. No, I'm not religious. Oh, well, you were, you were talking about hell, and I thought maybe you were talking about, you know, heaven and hell. I thought maybe you were making a religious. Oh, what about this one? GD. I said, oh, no, no, wait, 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 Almighty. What do you mean Almighty? His name's Almighty. It's Saint His name's not damn. His name's Almighty. He's my dad. Because I know Jesus. That's the only way you can get saved is by Jesus. And so his last name is Almighty, it isn't Damn. I just thought I'd help you. Like, remember what I told you a while ago? You may only have 30 seconds. I'll guarantee you one thing. You, they're they're going to go home and go, what is wrong with them? I mean, I just made a statement, and he's over there just jumping over here. That's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. <laughs> You know why I learned to preach? Talking to heathen. They don't pull no punches. And after a while, you hear every dumb statement a human can make. 
And you have enough sermons to pastor a church. <laughs> Number two, pray for laborers. Pray that God would use you. Father, open up a door. I want to talk to him. I want, I want the dog gone. Dog on it. I want the cat out of the house. I don't want any interruptions. I want time alone with them. I want quality time. And I want to, I, I'm asking you to open up a door to sit and share Jesus with, with Uncle Joe. And you got to pray. You got to pray that. You, if, if you don't, it ain't happening. But if you did it once and you pray for another chance. Now I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The wages of sin is death. They're going to go through hell and high water. And they're going to come find you. And you need to be ready. You, you have no idea how many people. We can't, Lisa and I can't share some things with you. But the people that have been saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, delivered, and devils cast out of them in our living room is off the chart. And all of them don't like us. Aunt Lisa, can I come home? Yes, you can. My husband. They leave, born again, filled with the Spirit. Okay. Lisa's got the family members up in Tennessee, and, and they're, they're going to hear the gospel for one hour and a half. How are you doing? What, what does that mean? Where are you going to church? How's your prayer life? I'm not going anywhere, son. I'm sitting right here for the next hour and a half. We're going to talk. But Lisa prayed all the way to Tennessee for who was going to pick her up. And by the time she dropped, she got dropped off there in the truck spraying in the spirit. Say, me too. All right. You say, but I've tried it. Well, you, you, the Holy Spirit was given you to help you. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. This was going to be the, the Mac Daddy. This is going to be the Mac Daddy. We have to get into this one. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Whose mind the God of this age is blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ will shine unto him. You have, your family has a devil problem. They are bound by Satan. Now you have to know that. And you have to know the devil knows who you are. Now let me make a statement to you. You walk in a room, clear it out. There ain't no, 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 no devils in here in Jesus' name. I don't, there's no devils in here tonight. They're in the parking lot. They're waiting on you to leave. They're not in here. We don't allow them to come to church. Now, listen, listen to me. The devil is ruthless liar. And he'll take them to hell. He, he can't attack God, but he can attack what God loves. And God loves people. 
He loves your children. He loves your grandchildren. And he loves you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. But you have a problem in this earth. And the first thing he said in John 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel and in my name cast out devils. He is not talking about you finding someone on the side of the road, laying hands on them, vomiting green stuff out of their mouth while they puke devils out and then come out. Ah, I don't want to. Come out, you foul devil. Come out. That's, that happens. But the primary thing he's talking about is when you walk into a room and they're like, oh, it's you. And you go, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. They're coming out of darkness into light. They're coming out of that dark. No, they're not going to hell. I bind you. You get off of that person. No, you're not taking them to hell. In Jesus' name, you, owe, you get, off, get off of them. Get off of them. Now, you may pray like that alone. You don't want to do that around them. They already think you're crazy. You got authority over all the work of the enemy, and Satan knows you have authority over it. Now, listen to me. Sometimes you got to pray way more than once. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. And you see, see, we have people all the time. We pray for them. They come to church. Lisa and I stop praying. We don't see them. Have you prayed for so-and-so lately? No, they, they can't even get out of bed because the devil's on them every Sunday morning. Ignorant thing. They don't, don't even know enough to go, Satan, I bind you. I'm going to church. They just, ah, I had a bad Saturday. And we're over there Sunday morning going, Satan, get off of Joe. Get off of Mary. Get off of Susie. Get off of Billy. Get off of Zach. Get off of Amber. Get off of them in the name of Jesus. Get them in church. Get the truth into them. Get the Word of God into them, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, hey, devil, devil, you're not having them. Do you understand me? Now, let me tell you the one thing Satan hates, authority. Satan hates authority. That's, that's the one thing that, that, that Satan got from Adam in the garden was authority, and it's the one thing they hated Jesus for. Who do you think you are running around telling us what to do? And they say, you don't rule over us. They hate authority. The devil hates anybody that has authority, and if you're walking in authority, he, he don't like you. But understand something. Don't give up your authority to be liked. You have a seat of authority in the spirit realm and take it. I mean, I'm preaching myself happy already. There's no way in the world, you listen, and I said this one, I think it was Sunday morning. Jesus whooped all the devils at once. You're just dealing with one wimpy demon. You have, you have way more power than you need to deal with one wimpy little devil. And even if three come, it's a big whoopee deal. Just plead the blood of Jesus over them. Now, hold on a minute. What they don't know is truth. See, the world is, go to John 3, 16. I'm going I'm 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 to glory be to God, Jesus is Lord. Are you all out there or did you go home? I just, ah, thank you, Jesus. Listen, listen to what I'm going to show you right now. All sinners and backslidden Christians are under guilt and shame. That's why they quit coming to church. And you're going, please come to church with me. Well, you know, something came up. 
dumb thing. <laughs> they're, under, they're under condemnation. Now, I'm going to read this to you. John 3, 16, the scripture the Baptist put in the Bible. It's okay. We, we, they've told us we could read it since we told them they could read Acts 2, 4. Okay, here we go. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life doesn't just mean you live forever because sinners live forever somewhere. Everybody lives forever. Everybody lives forever. Everybody lives forever. Everlasting life is the life of God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn or damn the world. The world through him might be saved. He that believes not is not damned. He that does not believe is damned right now. When? Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. We're going to get into Sunday morning. When is... They're not going to be damned when they die. They're damned now. You ever hear them when they're, they're in their house? They walk around, damn dog, damn car, damn cat, damn house. Why do you think people talk about that a lot? They're damned. And then they run around talking about white privilege. If somebody has privilege, I don't have. It is. It's called Christians. Black or white or Puerto Rican. It don't matter. I mean, if you're born again, you're not under damnation anymore. You're not under the curse of the law. But they don't know that. They don't know that. And then the devil goes, the one thing you don't want to do is walk in that church because you're damned. So what are you going to do about it? They need truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you're not there talking to them about church. I've got to tell a story. I've got to tell you a story. Am I okay if I like this? Well, we, we were a couple of heathen, and I got born again. And Gray went to the crusade to get me out of the mess I got myself in. He said, they're just after your money. I'm going to go get you free from these Christians. Well, anyway, I think, he, I think he went. He saw me get on fire for God. I went up to Gray's house every year. Friendship didn't end just because I got saved. Gray would drink, smoke dope. He, he, if he got drunk, he'd talk about Jesus. And I wasn't away in the world, I'm going to stop him from drinking. He's going to drink. He ain't going to look and stop drinking. I don't care. If, you, if you're going to go to hell, at least go happy. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not. So he, him and Bobby were sitting at the dinner table one night, and they've had about a case. And about that time, Gray's starting to get, I have a question for you. I said, what is it, Gray? He said, what do you think of having Oral Roberts and stealing all the money from old women? I said, well, Gray, is stealing wrong? Hell yeah, stealing wrong. I said, you think Oral's going to hell? Yeah, yeah. I said, have you ever stole anything? Yeah. I said, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to hell. I said, right. If you leave a sinner alone, they'll hang themselves. I said, Gray, don't you think maybe you need Jesus? Yes, well, I thought you need to pray for me right there. <laughs> Listen, sinners are dumb. They're dumb. They're real dumb. And it, took a, it took a case of beer to get him born again. <laughs> now, I said that to you because I kind of wanted to be a little graphic. Listen, I'm trying, I'm a, I know we're in church. You're going to, you walk out there, that's, help me, Robert. That's how people talk, y'all. We have people here going, I don't want my children to hear that. 
You want to know what they're hearing in school? You, it would blow your mind what they're learning in school. I'd get them out. The gospel is not tithing and oral and church. It's what have you done with Jesus? And I've looked at people before and said, well, wait a minute. You know, the truth is I know, that, I know that you don't live right, but I'm going to tell you this. Because they'll look at me and say, you know good and well you don't live right. And I said, that's why I'm a Christian. Well, you know good and well the church is full of hypocrites. And I said, they're all saved and going to heaven, but at least we know how to get there. It's like accusing someone of being, oh, they being in the hospital, sick people. Right. Stupid. <laughs> But see, the point is, if you can get a chance to talk to them about Jesus already died in your place. He's already died for you. Now, I got, a, I got four minutes. Everybody you meet has problems. Everybody does. Everybody does. And if you sit with them for coffee or anything out of the abundance of their heart, they are going to talk to you about all of the crapola that's hitting the fan this week. Do you know why you're there? You're fixing to get them saved. Because the problem is in them. It ain't the, they think it's the circumstance. They think it's the kids, the dog, the mailman. It isn't. You know, they'll pray for me. He said, I know you're a Christian. Would you? My, my, my son, Johnny, he, you, you, uh, last night I don't take that. Well, you and I are going to pray for Johnny. We're going to pray for Johnny. God loves Johnny. Well, my God, I wish somebody would. Well, give me your hand. Heavenly Father, we know good and well that you died for Johnny, so. Now, let me tell you something. Johnny needs Jesus. We're not being, this is not a joke. Johnny needs Jesus. You're doing two things. You're going to help Roger get saved, and you're going to help Roger get Johnny saved. Now, Johnny, Father Johnny, you love Johnny. You, you died on the cross for Johnny. And, and Roger and I are in agreement right now. We take authority over every devil in hell that's making him drink and smoke, and, 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 and he's not going to die early. He's not going to go to prison. And right now we bind it, and we, talk, we take authority over all relationships in Johnny's life right now in Jesus' name. And they're going to be looking at you like, you learn to pray like that. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray for Roger. He's having to deal with Johnny. And he would pray right now, get, make Jesus Lord of his life. I mean, he, the Bible says, compel him. I mean, I'm going to make him get, you're getting saved right now. <laughs> make him pray. Make him pray. Make him pray. Heavenly Father. I thank you for Johnny, but I need Jesus too. I need Jesus too. I believe in John. I believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead. And I need him. I need him in my life. I need him in my heart. And I need, I need you to help me with my family. I need you to help me with my, I just need you to help me. And they'll look at you and go, thank you. That's beats knocking on the door and having it slammed in your face. I'll guarantee you that. You can do this three, four times a week. Where's Justin? Is he even here? He's next door. How many, how many of y'all are in here tonight from the gym? 
there's, I know, I know um, Isaac and um, Sean and Alex. All of those guys are guys Justin works out with. They were heathen when he met them. He goes to the gym and he goes, would you help me with that? Would you spot me? And, and next thing you know, they're sitting on the bench talking about Jesus, get them born again and get them in church. Then he calls me and goes, I'll see you in church Sunday. And, 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 and <laughs> say hurrah. Yeah, listen, those are people. You have friends. They, would, would, I'm trying to close. How many of y'all are ready to do this? So I'm, 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 I'm starting a revolution. I'm, I'm not getting off this. I want you to do something. I want you to do something tonight. I want you to pick one person. And I want you, just like God told me, Jan. Then give me Jan Scott. Just one. Get her saved. Are y'all game? You game? There's no light stronger than darkness. And I want you to believe that. The gospel is the power of God. And we're going to pray right now. We're not leaving until you pray over them. You're going to pray for them by name. It might, be a, it might even be somebody in your own family. It might be a friend. But I want you to do something. I mean, get a journal, and, and hopefully, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm going to do next Wednesday night. Those, those, that book out there, Revelation Knowledge, Ephesians, Prayer 1 through 117 through whatever. Pray those prayers over, over people. Pray, pr- pray that God would open up their eyes and open up their heart. They need to see and understand truth. They're messed up because nobody's praying. Nobody's Nobody's going to God for them. If you're not, also, let me say this one. I got prompted. There's something about prayer, and I don't know how to explain this, but when I pray for you, there's a connection in the Spirit that starts happening. Does that make sense? Where there was a door, now all of a sudden there's a friendship opens up because they're now thinking about me and it's it's supernatural. I mean, it was way before phones. You can text another person. Father, I pray for Melanie tonight. I surround her with faith. I'll just tell you all this. Today I was praying, and, and while I was sitting there, the Spirit of God hit me, and I went, Mary Friend's praying. And then I said, what's she praying for? And the Lord says, she's coming to Apopka. I said, oh. The minute she started praying for me, I knew exactly what she was doing in, in, in Nashville. Your prayers are powerful. Don't ever let the devil tell you otherwise. You say, what well, I've seen some, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't have time to do it tonight. I got a couple books up here I brought. There's literally hordes of demons around your family hordes of you keep them off of them keep them off of them drive them off of them Justin was telling me a dream he had one night about someone that we all Lisa and I know and he said dad I saw a snake behind him I said yes there is I said what'd you do he said I took authority I said that's why God gave you the dream get that spirit off of them. Get it off of them. Get it off of them. Are you ready? Everybody, let's get that person in your, in your mind and we're going to pray. Say, Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight.
and we've heard the challenge. I believe it's from you. So right now, I'm going to pray, and you name the person. And I'm going to ask you, in Jesus' name, to draw him or her to yourself. Father, send me across their path. But if, you, if not, send somebody now. Send a laborer to them to talk to them about their soul and about their life. Make Jesus real to them. Make heaven and hell real to them. In Jesus' name. Now, Satan, stop all maneuvers. You're not taking them to hell. And I'm not going to let you. I break your power in Jesus' name and name their name right now. In Jesus' name, over them. Over them right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Father God, I'm going to say this. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for, thank you for tonight. Thank you for Pastor Darrell sharing this. Thank you for reminding me of this. And I want you to help me to minister to people around me and to become a soul winner in Jesus' name. Now, let me make, say something to you about your prayer life. And the Lord told me to do this before I came here tonight. Many of you start off by going, I'm going to pray an hour. Ten minutes later, you quit. Do not condemn yourself. Thank God for the 10 minutes. Tomorrow, make it 12. You pray. I want you to get a list, get the names out, and I want you to say every day and pray. If you don't pray what you think you should, you prayed. After a while, 12 minutes will seem like nothing. Say, I'm going to go for 15. Don't condemn yourself. Never condemn yourself. I'll guarantee you one thing. In a couple of months, you'll be praying a while. And, and what, I've, what I've learned is sometimes I'll pray 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll go. And then I've, something happens, and I leave, and I'll come back a little while later, and I'm like, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done with them. And so, like, like my brother, I'm just, right now I'm thanking God for him. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I thank you that he's out of darkness in the light. I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over my brother. I plead the blood of Jesus. I thank you that he's born again and loves you and knows you and he's hungry. In Jesus' name. And that might be all I do for a few hours later. I might be walking around going, I plead the blood of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.